Hello ladies and gentlemen, riders and thrill seekers, welcome to our podcast, The Big Bad Bike Show, where we explore the world of motorcycles. I'm your host, Big Bad Biker, Sam McCauley, and joining me is my co-host, as always, the Up North Biker, Ash Hall. Hello there! Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you are listening to us on YouTube, please give us a little like, and subscribe, hit the notification bell. If you're on any of the podcast services, Spotify, Apple, Google... Well, that's the only ones we're on. So if you're on there, just uh, maybe leave us a comment or give us five stars. And if during any time during this podcast you think, you know what, I would like to get in touch with these guys because they've said something that has really triggered me, either in a good way or a bad way, you can uh, you can send us an email at podcast at bigbadbs.co.uk. But enough of that, Ash, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm struggling on, one day at a time, but getting there, big man, getting there. Struggling? What do you mean, struggling? <laughs> Ach, well, you know, life's just constantly taking us uphill, isn't it? It's just one grudging step <laughs> after the next. I suppose. When are, we ever going to, when are we ever going to reach the top of that hill? Don't know. <laughs> Very bleak start to the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I'm all right, mate. I've started. I've started a new job, as we mentioned last week. Yeah. And leading up to that, I had a few months lying around, not doing very much. You know, I had a. Yeah, I had did. a means of end. I had a means of income, and I wasn't doing very much. And now I'm back to work, and the reality of work again has just hit me. And I'm like, oh, I've only been at it three weeks now already. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> I hate work. I hate having to do things for the man. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's uh, it's yeah. not great, but who knows? I'll probably be in a new job yeah. soon anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Something we all got to do, unless this kicks off, mate, unless our podcast kicks off and we can somehow become full-time <laughs> motorbike reviewers, commentators. Yeah. That's like, the, that's like a dream, that. That's a dream. Yeah, it's a dream. Whether it'll be a reality... Who knows? <laughs> yeah, different story. Uh, before we get into the pod, what have you been up to? Bit of a catch up? Um, yeah, so I've had the house to myself this weekend, which has been really nice. Um, That's always nice to have. Yeah, it is. I've been doing a lot of custom work on the Honda Rebel, uh, which I mentioned in my uh, well in the last podcast. Um, I had a go at the first time actually doing some proper metal work, so I've chopped the rear... Fender, as the Americans say, but I call it a mudguard. Chop that down nice and short because I wanted it. It's a, it's a bobber. It's a bobber style bike, so I quite I didn't really want the big stupid bracket holding my rear mudguard up. So um, yeah, I had a go at that. That was pretty successful. Um, I've also got I've been doing loads of spray painting as well. I've got my wheels painted black and the um, the drum brake and the. Um, Rear sprocket as well in the housing. They've got all that looking good. So, uh, at any point during this rebuild of your bike, have you ever thought about, you know, getting a little bit cray and going a little bit eccentric and kind of off off pace and being like, I'm going to do this the way I want to do it. Well, I'm I'm going black with it, so it's all going to be pretty much black with only a few touches of chrome because I'm not a massive fan of chrome. It too much of it it's just it's too much upkeep to keep it right and also i just think it looks very hot wheelsy you know what i mean i, I don't know i'm just not a big fan of chrome so are you going all black on it because i know 
me and you've been messaging each other that we've both recently started watching Sons of Arnicky again. Yes, because I yes. never, fa- I never finished the the entire thing, and it's been a long time, so I thought I'd start all over again. And you yeah. said you'd just finished season one. Has that anything to do with how you're styling the bike? Are you watching that and thinking, like, oh, I just want to be a badass biker and, <laughs> and badass biker on a two fifty? I hardly think so. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> a no, prospect. You could be I, a prospect. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I did. Um, I have actually taken something from it, which is the fact that the Bobber style bikes, um, they don't actually have a front mud guard. So I'm not going to put the front mud guard back on. I'm going to leave it off. Um, mm-hmm. Which I didn't think was a thing. I thought they always had mud guards on. But then when I did some research, I was like, oh, yeah, it's a pretty standard thing. But now I'm going with black because um, black is like my favourite colour. Uh, the GTR that I have is black as well, so it'll look nice next to it. It's going to be, um, I'm doing it in like a gloss black, and then it's going to have a matte black stripe all the way down the middle. Um, and then the tank is currently like black with like a white sort of teardrop on the side. I am going to cut all that back, repaint it, but I am going to do something custom on the side. Um, yeah, I don't I don't think I'm going to put any stickers on it that say Honda or Rebel or anything like that. I just want it to be fairly plain so just people like yeah, want it yeah all to be black black with a white sort of teardrop tank with a little trim around it you know um oh, so right, right. I see when, that. yeah so when people look at it they don't immediately think oh it's just a honda rebel they'll look at it and go what is that that's what i want people to are, look uh, are you doing like the rims are they going to be black or? yeah rims are currently mm-hmm. uh painted black i'm letting them cure for 24 hours before i put the clear coat over the top um yeah uh, just so the listeners are aware if i don't know what you're putting on social media or what's on your instagram or whatever but ash keeps sending us pictures of him <laughs> watching movies with just bike parts all over his living room <laughs> so he's a real grease monkey he's just like, just there cleaning bike parts in his living room well, like With I like say, I had... t- you got like a dog's towel set down or something. Yeah, that's what it is. Up. It's the dog towel. It's just one of the dog towels. And I put it down <laughs> and I thought I could be in the garage. It's raining outside. It's cold. It's windy. Or I could be in the house. I've literally been watching Rocky movies all day. I've gone from one to five <laughs> all day. And I thought, Do you know what? I'll just sit and watch Rocky and I'll, I'll you know, I'll get all my bits and bobs sorted. But that, what did you think of that sprocket that I sent you, that video? It looked pretty shiny, I thought. I don't know if I've watched that yet. Did you oh, send that right. to the group or straight yeah, to me? Yeah, I sent, I sent it to the group and I just put, oh, um, what did I say? It almost looks too good to paint, which it did. Oh. I very nearly didn't well, paint, paint it. it oh, no, I've already painted it. <laughs> so, to summarise, Ash has hit the house to himself and he's been in his living room shining his sprocket. <laughs> <laughs> I have been shining my sprocket, yes, sir. Well, yeah. it sounds like you've you've been up to something at least. You've got something to occupy yourself while you're. Yeah, that's ones what I've been doing. Custom, custom building my bike to how I want it. So, what have you been up to? Well, like I say, I started a new job. I've been trying yeah. to get to grips with what I'm doing. Uh, I'm trying to, you know, figure it all out. Make sure I'm doing it. It's, 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 nobody likes being the new guy. You know, no, I don't like no. being the new guy. You turn up and, like, I'm, I'm, I am uh, experienced in the job I'm doing, but you're still the new guy. You know what I mean? You still yeah. walk in there and, and people look at you like, does he really know what he's doing? And if you make <laughs> one mistake or you, you, 
I mean, you question something or you, you take, you want to do something twice over rather than just bimble into it the first time and, and you start thinking, oh, what are people thinking about you? You know, it's just, it's it's crap being the new guy. But that's yeah, where really I'm at is. at the minute. But, well, it'll you know get better though, uh, won't it? It'll get better. Yeah, of course it will. It will. But, uh, yeah, so that's what I've been doing. I've ridden my bike to work a couple of times. That's about the only bike-related thing I've been doing. I got to ride in the rain the other day. Not that that's very exciting, but... No, it's not. I was out on my bike. I was out on my bike in the rain. I realised I have absolutely no feeling when it's wet, so it's, <laughs> I kind of understand what they say about bike riders and racers when it's like they don't feel anything. Couldn't feel like... I was going round corners, like it was pretty wet, and I was going round corners, and I just... I didn't know... Where the yeah, it's I'm probably nowhere. I'm probably nowhere near it. Like, but like there was once or twice went into a corner. Like coming out, coming out of a roundabout, for example. Like you go into mm. a roundabout, you take it wide in case some dickhead in the car wants to come up the inside of you or something. So you take it wide, and then coming out of the roundabout, if you want, if you if you're going quick enough, you kind of go out. You kind of drift out to the white line. But again, you, and then you're, I don't know, like. Yeah, it's it's awful because especially when you're a new rider, because you're thinking you're always subconsciously thinking when you go around that corner, is my front end gonna go? Is my back end gonna yeah, go? That's it, yeah. And and that front end. Do you know yeah. what? I tell you what, if you're going around the corner and it's raining and someone's dropped diesel or oil, you are gonna your front end is gonna go. Um yeah, no matter how fast you're going. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It'll just gone. But yeah, there is always that subconscious feeling in the back of your mind. I find that. Even yeah. now, and I've been riding bikes for a long time now. Apart from that, I had a little. We were talking on the group chat, and I got this. We got into this bit of a not 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 an argument, but we got in this difference of opinion mm-hmm. about a coffee cup. And I yes. want to know. <laughs> I, I'm not sure where you stood in this because I it was me and Chippy was having the bicker and having the difference, and I'm not sure what like for anybody that's a new listener, Chippy's a third host, but he's not here at the minute. Yeah, but we will reference him every now and again. Yeah. Uh, so, I'll give you the, the lowdown with the coffee cup. So, basically, I wake up in the morning, and I'll make, I'll make a cup of coffee, and I'll drink coffee out of the cup, and then I'll set that cup down, say that's about 8 o'clock. I'm saying, like, I'm, I'm about the house. Or even if I'm at work, I drink a cup of coffee out of work, and I set the cup down. Yeah. About 8 o'clock. Say about 10 o'clock, half 10, I go for another cup of coffee. I will just lift the same cup. I'm not going to wash it. I might put a little dribble of water in the bottom of the cup and swirl it around and throw it out, and then I'll make another cup of coffee. And I'll do that all day. I've even seen me coming into work the following day and picking up the exact same cup. I'll not wash it or anything. I'll just put a bit of water in it, maybe rub my hand around it. For me, if, if it's during the day and it's making a cup of tea or whatever, then yeah, I will. I will do that. Like if as long as it's not, I haven't left it too long. But I don't think I could, I could pick up the same cup the day after. That's just that's just, that's wrong. I've seen <laughs> me using the same cup, and that like I'll maybe put water on it and run my hand around it. But I've seen me using the same cup for maybe like a whole week, five that's days. Disgusting. That it's is not disgusting. disgusting it, it, it really it's not, is. Though. No, you it's know, not. Once a day, a cup a day, I think, is fair enough. But. Jesus Christ. Surprised you haven't got the shits all the time from bacteria. <laughs> what what bacteria though? Bacteria from your gob around the rim. 
Yeah, but I give the rim a bit of a rub with my hand. Oh, you know, right. put some water in it and give it a bit of a rub, right? To be fair, I can't say anything. I've got a drinking horn that I've never washed. I know. Telling me about your cup. <laughs> you've, you've never... And you drank beer out of that drinking horn, too, and that's yeah. all sticky and sweet. Yeah, but you're not supposed so to wait. wash them. Oh, that's a load of shite. <laughs> that's... That's... I've had it for years. I've had that for easily... Four years. I've never washed it. But the thing is, with my cup, what I'm talking about, I'm talking about, I drank about easily four or five cups of coffee every day. So that cup's constantly being used. So there's not really much time for bacteria to settle. I'm doing yeah, like, fair enough. I'm doing like air commas. But your, your drinking horn just sits in your cupboard for months <laughs> at a time, not being washed. Literally growing little tiny beer people crawling yeah. out. To be and fair, um, I don't really touch drink anymore, so... I don't really use it. I might just throw it, to be honest, get a new one. Just as a little display piece. Do you know what I did do this week? I cracked with my non-drinking. Ah, did you? Right. Right, let me hear the whole let me hear the whole story. So Saturday I went to the shop and I bought a bottle of white wine and I bought a four pack of Guinness. Do you know why I bought the Guinness? Because I checked, you know that Guinness Zero I had of yours. Yeah, yeah. I checked it and it was going out of date. This was a couple of days ago. Hmm. And it was going out of date and I thought, well, I might as well drink it. It's going out of date. So I drank Ash's Guinness Zero that he left in my car when we went to the... Along with my pair of jeans. Year. I still haven't got them back yet. Yeah, I still need to send them to you. <laughs> so I drank this Guinness Zero and that just put me in the mid. I was like, well, now I want an actual Guinness because I've got balls. So when did I want you drink the Guinness, Guinness Zero? When did you drink that? About a week ago, but it's been playing in my mind for a, a week. week. Ago. Been like, oh, was it yeah, in January like, oh. that you drank it? Uh, probably, yeah. Right. Well, then you realise you broke dry January, don't you? Well, I know there's about zero point zero zero one percent of no zero point five. You Ooh. broke dry January. Oh no! I drank zero <laughs> percent alcohol. Anyway, it put me in the mood for Guinness. So I went to the shop, and, I, and plus the Six Nations was on. Come on, Six Nations was on. You've got to drink some Guinness when the Six Nations is on. Ash is pulling the face because he doesn't like rugby. Mm. I'm not a big fan of rugby, but it's Six Nations. It's different. So I went and bought Guinness. I bought white wine. And then I didn't even drink them. They're in my house. That's, that's a proper test. <laughs> what is obedience? What, what is obedience without having temptation? Mm. So, so I bought wine, I bought Guinness, and then I got home and I said, "You know what? I'm not even." Go- I said to my wife, "I goes, do you want some wine tonight?" And she's like, "I'm not fussed. I'll drink if you do." And I was like, "I'm not drinking then." Fair enough. Because then if she if she had said yes, I could have blamed her. I could have been. It was your fault. <laughs> <laughs> Poor <Right>. Ellen. <laughs> no, well, we didn't drink. It's fine. I've not cracked yet, but I have. I do have alcohol. I've always had alcohol in the house. I always had Guinness in the house. Right, I realise we are rambling on. Oh yeah, massively. And it's probably not even that nice to listen to. It's probably crap. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if anybody listening has done Dry January and they want us to give them a shout out and say well done, just send us an email at podcast at bigbadbs.co.uk or you can join our Discord. I'll put the link in the comments down below on the YouTube. If you're listening on YouTube, you can join our Discord. Yeah. I've done that before, that's a good idea. 
Yeah. Right. Is. Moving on. We've got a little bit of feedback because as we do have a third host who's not here for personal reasons, private reasons, but he is listening and he is getting in touch. To be honest, he does a bit behind the scenes for the podcast and he's got in touch with some feedback. So it's nice to have Chippy in the background actually giving us feedback. So if anybody else wants to give us feedback, again, podcast at bigbadbs.co.uk and we will read it out in the show. Yeah. If you want to correct us on anything we say wrong, because I'm sure there is quite a lot that we say wrong. Yeah. Uh, right, so last week we talked about... We talked quite a bit about uh, Kawasaki's H2 Hydro, hydrogen bike. Hydrogen, they yeah. Had the con- yeah, the concept bike that they had, and it got us into a bit of discussion about hydrogen fuel and electric bikes and biofuel and stuff. And Chippy was the first person last year to kind of bring up the whole hydrogen talk. And he yeah, he was. thought hydrogen was going to be the new thing, which we maybe kind of debunked last week a little bit. But yeah. he's got in touch and he says, I've changed my mind on compressed hydrogen as a fuel. I'm not sure it's the answer anymore. Something that wasn't mentioned on the show last week was the network of fuel stations that would need to be created for it to happen. That's a good point. We didn't mention that last week. Also, it's very difficult to move hydrogen from one place to another, apparently, he said. But (laughs) hybrids could be the way forward with a battery motor working alongside normal engines. After a very quick Google, he's seen that Kawasaki have a hybrid hybrid bike on sale, probably already in the market, and by 2027, all fuel in the MotoGP paddock needs to be from a non-fossil fuel. And Dorna have said that it will either be laboratory created using components sourced from a carbon capture scheme or derived from waste or non-food biomass. Right. So if it's possible... yeah, it's possible that it could end up putting like biofuels in cars and bikes. And if that happens, then would electric even be needed? Or hydrogen? Very interesting, especially if it's like biofuel. What kind of engines are going to... The engines will have to change, probably. Well, we've all heard the stories about my mate's cousin's best friend's dad has ran his tractor or his van or something. Oh, yeah, off of like fat. chip fat. Yeah, we've all heard them yeah. stories. So, but that there is the tr- there are some people that has done that. It's not just like some. Yeah. It's not just like some folk tale that's travelled. There are people that's done that, and there are people that can do that, which means that it is possible. Because chip fat is just like most chip fat is like that crisp and dry, which yeah. is rapeseed oil. Yeah. So if you can run a car in rapeseed oil, that means you can make. You can make fuel out of rapeseed oil. So you can literally grow fuel. Yeah. So that's there. So I did a little bit of Googling. I say a little bit. I basically typed one thing into Google and the first site I got is I'm just going to take it as gospel because that's what I do. I've done no research (laughs) whatsoever and now I know the truth. Anyway, I've looked into BP. Now, of course, BP's going to come out and say, oh, we're doing a good thing because they want to keep making money. But... Now, to summarise and not read the whole article, they basically said that uh, they've got this thing called cover crops. And now, from what I can decipher from it, please, anybody get in touch and call me a bellend if I'm getting this wrong. But cover crops are like something you would plant on the land to use the land when it's not being used, inverted commas, for normal farming procedure. 
And then that right. way you can always you can always grow something on the land and keep making money. Now the cover crops would be like some sort of seed, Coronata. Okay. Yeah, new seed Coronata. This is a farmer in Florida. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. It's new seed Coronata, a green leafy plant with the blight yellow flowers. It looks a bit like rapeseed oil. That's what it looks like in the picture. I'm holding up a picture and it looks like rapeseed oil. Have you ever mm. seen have you ever seen fields of rapeseed? Yeah, That's yeah. what it looks like. So they're going to grow this stuff, and then they can make fuel out of it. Now, apparently, they used to use cover crops at the turn of the 20th century, but then it died and it stopped happening. And But they're going to bring it back in, and these people have actually realised that they can they can grow fuel out of it. Now, the, the article goes on to say, it's not just in the US. In Europe, for example, it is estimated that growing oil seeds cover crops on just 10% of the available land could produce more than 5 million tonnes of sustainable biofuel and that's enough power, or that's enough to power 100,000 transatlantic flights based from London to New York. That's so there's cool. land available in Europe and using just 10% of that land means that we could get 100,000 flights from New York to... Now that's what BP's saying that and they're getting that information from somewhere. Like I say, it might be smoking mirrors to try and make money because that's what they're in the they're in the habit of doing yeah but the opportunity for biofuels there dorn has said they're gonna go to biofuel by 2027 now if this is coming in again this might be all bro science but a guy told me once this don't take this as fact but a guy told me once that he had read that the biofuel is expected to cause about 10 to 15 percent as much pollution as what normal fuel makes so that's like an 85 percent drop in pollution now, i know it's not amazing because electric apparently makes no pollution which is bollocks because it does of course it does of course it does you got to make you got to get the lithium to make the batteries and then once the bar once you once the batteries stop working what do you do with the batteries <laughs> throw them in a hole yeah you can't you can't dispose of the lithium and then what are you doing when you actually charge it? Yeah. It's coming from a power plant, some. which is burning fossil fuels. So, anyway. But, um, so bio biofuel might be the way forward. It might be. It'd be interesting to see. God, this is, a, this, is a, this is a boring episode. Yeah, it, it really is. That was, chi- that was Chippy's fault, to be fair. Um, yeah, that was Chippy. Fuck you, Chippy, and your yeah. feedback. <laughs> that, by the way, if anybody else sends feedback, we won't insult you. But no, no, no. Chippy yeah, can do one. <laughs> We we uh, might we might we might insult you a little bit, but <laughs> but don't take it don't take it to heart. Yeah, like if you buy a Chinese bike. Anyway, um, so <laughs> now now that we've finished that part, that's out of the way. Uh, it's time for the Who Am I, and uh, I thought I'd kick it off this week. It's a bit of an easy one, but it's the first Who Am I back of the season, so and it's um, very easy. Yeah, if you know this one, get in contact, send us an email. Podcast at bigbadbs.co.uk. Let us know, or on Discord. Uh, let us know who you think it is. You'll know it. You'll, uh, that's so easy. <laughs> um, so here we go. I was born on July thirtieth, nineteen eighty-one. I won one MotoGP championship, and in two thousand and six, I broke Valentino Rossi's five-year winning streak. So. Sam and Chippy have already you, guessed this. <laughs> yes, if you know who if you know who that is, send us a little email and we will read it out in the show. If you yes. want us to, just leave your name. We'll Absolutely. read your name out in the show. 
make you famous, as the Undertaker used to say. Now, yeah. moving on. Well, last week we spoke about the Hydrogen H2 uh, concept bike, and this week I figured we'd speak about a bike that you're actually interested in. The Triumph Tiger 1200. Um... For anybody that don't know, the Tiger 1200 is basically in competition with such as like BMW with their GSs and stuff like that. It's a great bike. Triumph are obviously a really good and reliable manufacturer. Uh, it comes in like three different models. So you've got like GT, which is more for the road. You've got a Rally one, which is more for off-road. But why you would want to take a Tiger off-road, I don't know. And then you've got the Explorer, which is the one I would pick because it's got the bigger fuel tank. It's got a 30-litre fuel tank. The others only have 20. Um, but you you quite like this bike, don't you, Sam? I do like the Tiger. I like that sort of... I like that sort of style of bike. Like, you know, like a adventure tour yeah, sort of bike. Yeah, they're really nice. I like that style. I'm not really... Well, I do like sports bike, and I would like to have a go on a sports bike, but I think realistically for myself, I would like something more to that style. And whenever I first was looking at bikes and what I might get, I don't know what it was about the Tiger. I think it is just how it looks, because there's a lot, like you said, you've got the BMW, they've got the GS. Yeah, uh, you've got the Africa Twin. 1300, yeah, and you've got like KTM 1290 and whatnot. Yeah. But the Tiger just kind of, I've seen the, especially in blue, i seen the Tiger and I thought, oh, that's really, really nice. That's what I want. But yeah, for me at the minute, 1200 is probably a bit, I'm not saying I couldn't ride it, but A, it's maybe a bit too much for me and it's fucking £20,000 brand new. So Yeah, they are expensive. But you can pick up a 1200 for like, you know, around 2012, 2013 for around like four or five grand. So the yeah, but the the older ones I don't think look. They've obviously gone through some sort of style stylization change, like every every generation. Yeah, they have changed a little bit, but the um, the twelve hundred that's that's looked fairly similar throughout the years, definitely. Mm. But they're uh, they're a brilliant bike. Like I say, they're in competition with the main rivals, the BMW twelve uh, hundreds, and a lot of people are saying now that they are just as good. Which is well, a ma- which is BMW a massive, massive, you know, win for Triumph. Yeah, BMW have twenty twenty four. Did they not bring out the thirteen hundred? Because they had the twelve fifty. They had the BMW GS twelve fifty R. Yes. Or is it the BMW R? And uh, then R twelve fifty GS. I think it is. Yeah, and then twenty twenty four. I think they've upgraded that and they've brought out a thirteen hundred. I haven't uh, heard about the thirteen hundred actually. Because I I listened to another another I wouldn't say a rival podcast, but but I've listened to another podcast and I watched their YouTube videos as well. So and uh, just listening to them over the past couple of weeks and months on my dog walks and stuff. Because hmm. the, the guy the guy that does the the channel he has a. A Tiger twelve hundred, so he talks. Yeah. He talks quite a lot about it, and but he was doing a video a few months ago, or maybe like a, a few years ago. I think it was like twenty twenty two or twenty twenty three, where he compared it to twelve fifty, and he's recently done a new one where he compares it to BMW's new thirteen hundred. Right. Okay. That's interesting. According, now he's according to him. He's going to be biased, but according to him, he said that uh, he thought that the Tiger was better. Well, yeah, I mean. I think everybody's going to have a little bit of that, aren't they? I mean, if I was to say, 
right, if you want a big, comfy touring bike, get a Kawasaki GTR 1400 because that's what I ride. I would def I would say definitely have one over the over a BMW 1200 um, or any uh, BMW 1200 G GT or anything like that. But yeah, I suppose you are going to be a bit biased. But the do you think do you think looking at the, just by looking at the Tiger 1200 yes or a BMW 1250 or 1300 or whatever mm-hmm. do you think looking at them like, I I mean like, let's say you're driving let's say you're riding to uh, let's say you're riding into like Austria or something. Or yeah. like to the north Italy, and you have to go through like the whole way through France or the whole way through Germany, right? Yeah. And you're just on a motorway for hundreds and hundreds of miles. Mm-hmm. Do you think your GTR fourteen hundred GTR is going to be more comfortable than a Tiger twelve twelve hundred? Absolutely, definitely. But just by looking at it, though, now that says me just by looking at it. Yeah. Like the Triumph twelve, the Triumph twelve hundred, or the like the BMWs alternative that looks more it looks more like you're setting up yeah it's a, it's, a, it's a sit up yeah it's definitely a sit up seating position and the bars are put in a in a position which is so there's minimal stress onto your wrists on your elbows and stuff like that it is they are they are made simply to make your ride more comfortable mm. but my gtr is that position as well it is a sit up sort of bike and i've put bar risers on mine even though i didn't need to but it's made it even more comfortable um yeah it sets you up about higher yeah a little bit well it's actually quite a bit higher they're quite big there were 44 millimeter ones um but i would personally i mean like as you know i uh rode down to cheshire um to watch the uh, british Superbikes on my bike and that was a 900 yeah. mile round trip and when I got to the other end, I wasn't uncomfortable. I wasn't sore. It was just brilliant. Mm. It was great. The only thing I wish about the GTR is the fuel tank was a bit bigger because it is a very thirsty bike. What size is it? Ooh, now you're asking me. Ooh, I think it's 20 litres. Yeah, because 20 I, was looking at the, I was looking at the, the Tiger. Tiger's got a 20 litre. Yeah, that's twenty liter as well. But if you get the Explorer, you... if you get the Explorer yeah. model, that's a thirty liter tank, and that is the one I would go for. Yeah, but again, brand new. Not that you would buy brand new, but no. brand new. It's twenty four grand. Costs a lot of money. It's expensive. Yeah. That and now who's got twenty four thousand? Have a look. Around? Have a look at how much a BMW GS twelve fifty is. Brand new. <laughs> uh, and then you'll be like, whoa. They're yeah, exp- they're expensive. They're, they're very expensive, but that's that's why I, just, I went, went for my GTR. It, it that cost me, f- I think it's four and a half thousand. Yeah, and it's, yeah, it's a bit cheaper. Yeah, a lot cheaper, but it's just a brilliant bike. I love it. I would recommend getting one. Cost <laughs> would, but the uh, twelve hundred, like I say, it's been around for a long time now. Uh, they just keep getting. Better and better. Even though it says it's a twelve hundred, it's actually an eleven sixty cc. A lot of bike companies do that. Um, yeah, I know. They just they, they just round they, it they up. Make, they make a bit. Yeah, just round they it get up. away with it. Yeah, they get away with it. <laughs> but I would say the Triumph Tiger. Well, I know for a fact the Triumph Tiger out of all of that sort of style of bike it is definitely the quickest out of all of them. Um, 
it it tends to have a little bit more horsepower. I'm not sure on the comfort how comfortable they are because I've never. Well, it's, it's about hundred and off the, off the top of my head, it's about one hundred and forty five horsepower. Uh, I'll be able to tell you because I've got it. Yeah, one hundred and forty eight. The new one has um, one hundred and forty. Yeah, I was close. Yeah, but it's uh, it's a lot of horsepower for a bike. I mean, my bike is, I think mine's. 154 on mine. So it's not much difference, really. Not much difference, but, you know, having that power is so much fun. <laughs> it really is. It's so much mm. fun. Um, and do you know what I found out? You know how we were speaking about um, Chinese engines? Mm-hmm. The BMW F800 GS is a Chinese manufactured engine mm. I, I I've, been, like, I, I've been trying to tell you this for a while I've been trying to tell you this for a while because I remember about a year and a half two years ago I was telling you that I was doing I was out doing a ride and the guy was tell the guy was he had me on a Lexmoto yeah and he was telling me about Chinese bikes and we saw a Suzuki and he says like a lot of these Suzukis are built and manufactured even though they're created in Japan, but he says a lot of them are built and manufactured in China with Chinese parts. Yeah, but I just can't believe that BMW BMW would allow a Chinese engine in their bike. Shocked me. Yeah, but they said last week they got Chinese electrics in some of their bikes as well. It's a con, isn't it? It's a con! (laughs) China's coming for you, mate. They're coming. And about... In about 20 years' time, <laughs> all your bikes are going to be Chinese. Oh, don't. That's depressing me just thinking about it. it sounds like a 1990s American movie. Goddamn <laughs> comet! <laughs> <laughs> the goddamn Loch Ness Monster! <laughs> That's it, my I ain't riding. I ain't riding no. I ain't riding no Chinese bike. It was so scary. <laughs> I sent you a link on your. If you check your phone, I sent you a link on WhatsApp about the BMW 1300 GS. All oh, right, cool. I'll have a look at that. I, I did. That's I did two. That's two that weeks in a row now. I've known something that you don't. I know. It's amazing, isn't it? I think it's just about. I've been concentrating on my custom build. I haven't really been, you know. Um, it says here that the BMW. Yeah. 1300 GS. Is eighteen thousand pounds. Now that's probably not the all. I know because the Triumph you've got the Explorer and that's like the all sign yeah. and all dance and it's probably got all the electronics. It's got cruise control and uh, everything. Cruise control or whatever and radar. Yeah. I'd love radar in a bike. That would be class, especially if it could go that speed. I think radar in a motorway would be good. And it's got like a. I don't know. If, has it got adaptive ride ride height and all that stuff? I'm not sure if it's got any of that. It'll probably have adjustable free suspension. Like me riding about in my little one two five, me, <laughs> I cannot imagine what it's like to have a bike with all these mod cons. My bike doesn't even have a digital gear display, and that is the worst thing. I, I never know what <laughs> like. I know when I'm in fifth gear when the fucking you know when the gear lever doesn't go up anymore. Right, yeah. I'm in fifth gear, but sometimes like you go round a roundabout and you think you're in fifth and you're like, oh, maybe I can go up one more. You go up one more. Or you forget you're in fifth and you think, oh, am I in fifth? And you try again and you're like, and your bike goes, Wee! and you're like, yeah, I'm definitely in fifth gear. 
But yeah, if I man. had like a gear, if I had a gear display, you could just look down. It would tell you. You do realise you can actually put an aftermarket gear gear indicator on your bike. No, I didn't realise that. Ash. <laughs> I don't realise any of this. You can literally like you can you just attach it to your handlebars and then you feed the cable into uh, where you basically where your speedo gets its speed from. Right, well, <laughs> I, that is something I will have to do then. Or you can but, get uh, the uh, you can get the electronic ones, which um, wirelessly tell your gear indicator depending on like the vibration of your bike. It tells you what gear you're in, which is quite clever. Mm. Uh, mine's got a gear indicator on it, but um, like an aftermarket one or it's no, no, it's actually built in, it. built into the dash. Yeah, because I was doing a. What is them six? What is them Yamaha six hundred bikes like? A YJ six hundred? Is that what they are? Oh God! Um, there's an FJR. There's a diversion. A six hundred. Maybe there. that's it. FJR. Yeah, it was, FJR. it's like a naked bike. Like yeah, like naked bike, isn't it? Yeah. So I was riding the Yamaha FJR six hundred or six sixty. Maybe I can't mind. Maybe it was six hundred. Mm-hmm. But uh, at a gear display, and it was just it was so much better. Yeah, like, it, it is. just I got on it and like. I was riding it and just having the gear display. I was just like, "This is this just settles me down a little bit, just to know what gear I'm in." Yeah. And I, 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 I don't want people to think I sound or I sound stupid. Oh, I don't know what gear I'm in half the time. But when you're up, and especially if there's a lot of motorways, because where I live, are a lot of motorways, a lot of roundabouts. Because where I live, there's a lot of roundabouts, and obviously being in the one two five, having the CBT, I need to take the A roads, which means I end up going in a lot of roundabouts, and I'm riding around about, and you're up gears and you're down gears. And some stages, you're just there going, what gear am I in? <laughs> now, it's all right. It's all right when you come to traffic lights because you just put the clutch in and you just play Fred Astaire with the gear lever. You know what I mean? You just tap it until it doesn't go any further. But Yeah. The good thing is, though, if you were to get something like a Tiger 1200, they are shaft-driven as well. Which is so much better, I think, in my opinion, than chain driven. Yeah, because you you said before that one of the upsides is you don't have to chain maintain. No, you don't. Your chain. You've just got to check the oil every now and again on your actual. Um, shaft what other drive. advantages is there to a shaft driven bike? Uh, reliability, I would say. Obviously, yeah, you've got chain maintenance. With a chain bike, you've got to obviously look after the chain, make sure it's all it's oiled and stuff like that. But you also have the issue of. Sometimes when you're riding, chains can snap. I tell you what, if a chain snaps and you're wearing boots or protective gear, that thing could just whip like a massive chunk out of your leg. If not, like, damage somebody else's vehicle or cause somebody else to have an accident. Much better. I think it. about that all the time when I'm riding. I think about stuff like that all the time. Like, it's just always there in the back of my head. Like, I, like I'm on the motorway. I'm yeah, giving you don't it oil your chain. <laughs> yeah, I do. I oil my chain. And that last, time, that last time I cleaned my chain up, I did a really good job. I did a really good job. Ha. I can do things. <laughs> I can do things. But I was yeah, I get on I get on like that an A road and I'm doing like I got a seventy five the other day. Way hey, look at me. It wasn't Ooh. speeding or anything, it was just But uh it was it was a slight downhill. I was slightly going Wind downhill. behind you. <laughs> now I must be honest, I've come to realise on my bike that the speedo's all over the place. Because even when I'm doing like 35 mile an hour going through a 30, I still get a green smiley face telling me, oh yeah, thanks for doing 30. <laughs> so my speedo's, my speedo's all over the place. So when I'm doing 75, I'm probably only doing about 65. But 
Yeah, so basically when I've got it fully opened up, again, it's a YBR125, so fully opened up. It's not very fast, but it's hairy because it's so bloody windy and there's no wind protection whatsoever. But, yeah, yeah. I think about it all the time. Like, What would happen if my chain just broke now? Probably not very much. I would just have a sore leg and I would slow down and hopefully not come off. Screw your engine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would definitely looking to get in the shaft. My GTR again is shaft drive and it's brilliant. I absolutely love it. Triumph 12, Triumph 12, 100, good one protection. Do you think? Yes, definitely. Just just as much as a GS. Um, I imagine they, the newer ones have like like an electric up and down screen that will move up and down. Def, definitely good wind protection, especially with the legs because it's quite bulky up on the top end uh, so you, hmm. you wouldn't feel it on your legs. And the riding difference when you've got a big sort of windshield is just brilliant. You know, you know when you're sort of you're going at speed and your head's kind of like going right, like that, you know, like flapping about. You have none of that. It's so good. Like it's like you're just in a big comfy armchair, just going for it. Because <laughs> at the minute, again, I'm I'm kind of comparing a Triumph twelve hundred to my one two five here, but. <laughs> And the minute, the slightest bit of wind, and it's blowing me. Yeah. And I, and even though it's blowing me and I'm trying to stay up, I kind of feel like if I had a heavier bike... Oh, the, yeah, you the do. Bike would kind, the bike would kind of anchor me a little bit. Because at the minute it's blowing me and I'm like, I'm blowing here and trying to stay up straight. But my bike yeah. is so light and there's nothing to it that the slightest little jerk and that's going to go all over the place. Well, do you remember when I had my CRF 300? The um, Yeah. Yeah, so when I was riding that, uh, when it was windy. no the, the Honda the Honda yeah the Honda the Honda yeah when yeah. I was riding that um, up across the Highlands when it was windy Jesus Christ was I being blown around like really bad yeah because it's so light and then when I got the Blackbird obviously um, that's a much heavier bike I didn't feel it anywhere near as much then when I got the GTR it's like wow even if it's windy it doesn't really batter you around because you've got the weight there mm. I mean that thing weighs about. I think it's like 240 kilos. It's yeah. a lot. Well, that's, um, I think that's one of the reasons why I like the look of the Tiger. Like, I know the Tiger 1200 is a bit bigger still, but... It's lovely. I like they the Tiger. are brilliant bikes. It, the front of it, it kind of looks like it's got like a big chest to it. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know the way it comes out and it, like, it kind of... Have, have you actually seen a, a GS in the flesh? A GS 1200? A BMW? Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah, because they're very similar as well, just big and bulky at the front. Yeah, 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 big, big. Like, yeah, and I, all like that, saying, all like, that big... adds to, it adds to the wind protection, especially on your legs. Yeah, and they they always have big screens that would go like. Yeah, even I've got a, yeah. I've got a screen extender on the top of my screen, just to give it like, a little bit more. And they always have like, uh, well, not always, but quite often they have like you know like the one protectors that goes around the handlebars. Yeah, the um, uh, oh god, what are they called? Ha- yeah, just handguards. Handguards, yeah, they got yeah. that as well. All that I see, all that stuff, and I just think I want a big bike like that, just, just so one. I can be comfortable. I one. want to be comfortable. <laughs> That's what I want. Like you said, I want to be in a. I just want to be on a, on an armchair going up the motorway. Yeah. Oh, mate, you know, oh, I seen something the other day, right? It was the coolest fucking thing I've ever seen. Come on, share. One of. I've, I've seen a lot of cool stuff. It was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. I was on my way home from work, 
on my little pip. I call my bike pip because it goes pip, pip, pip. But it's on my <laughs> little pip. And I was sitting at a roundabout, quite a big roundabout. So the lights, the traffic lights were, you're sitting there for about five minutes. And there was two cars in front of me. And then from behind me, I just heard this thunders. And I looked over and there was this lass in a Harley. Big black oh, Harley. I think cool. it was like a hard like a hard bike Harley come up and so I could see her blonde hair coming out from uh, behind her helmet. Now, I actually think I saw her face to face earlier that day because I right. did a delivery to a house and there was a there was a blonde lass there with a Harley and I was delivering building materials because that's what I deliver for her husband. And she was like, just sit there. But I seen the Harley and I thought it was her husband's Harley. Now, I think it was her, right? I think it was the lady that I had seen and I was like, oh my God, this is cool. Look yeah. at her. Look at this bike. I was saying, look at her. I mean, the bike. Look at her. It's amazing. <laughs> it was a lovely bike. It was like a black Harley. And then all that happened in like a split second. All that went through my head in a split second. And then just after that, I heard this next. And another one come up. And it was, uh, this time it was a lass, a brunette hair. She had a, like a, she had like a red leather coat on yeah. and jeans. And she had like a pair of cowboy boots on on her Harley but her Harley was like like I had like a white teardrop tank like what you're doing with your yeah. bobber right now you've played Resident Evil anybody out there has played Resident Evil or Resident Evil 2 they'll know who Claire Renfield is she looked like Claire Renfield <laughs> that's who she looked like because yeah. she had a red coat on yeah. she looked like Claire Renfield and now they they both saw me <laughs> they, I could see them they were maybe talking to each other because they were close enough to talk. And they both started going, bum, bum, like really revving their bikes. And I was there and I was like, I'm not even getting involved in this. Not, <laughs> ing, ing. <laughs> I am not revving my little shitty 125. Like if that's, if you're trying to get that, you know, I am not, I'm not getting involved. But yeah, and then they, they both just went around and they must have been, I don't know, I don't know if they were random and never met each other or if they just happened to be there at the same mm. time, same place, but they both went two separate ways around the roundabout, but they beeped each other and waved at each other, so I think they were just finishing a ride together. Yeah. Oh my God, it was so cool. Oh, you know what I mean? I was just there and I was like, oh my God, I want a Harley. I just, just... I I will eventually one day have a Harley, 100%. Oh, I think I will too. Because, 100%. well, come on, I've got long black hair, and I know I don't have it at the minute, but I grow a pretty impressive beard. I've got a bald dress head and a beard. Up, <laughs> dress me up in leather and put me in a Harley. Yeah, that's, right. yeah. But you can I tell like, we've been watching Sons yeah, of Anarchy. But I like, um, like I say, I'm not a massive fan of chrome, and I, if it's the bike that I'm thinking that the last was riding, it was probably the Sportster 883, which is very blacked out. I mean, it's it's matte black engine, matte black pipes, It's and then it's like just matte black everything. I love it. I think they look great. I wouldn't have an 883. Yeah, it was a gorgeous bike. But I would definitely have the Sportster 1200. I wouldn't have the 883, mm. though. But yeah, I would definitely love a Harley, and this is the one of the reasons why I bought the Rebel, because it's a cheap way for me to see if I like that riding style, and if I do like I that riding you, style, I thought you. No, go ahead. If I do like that riding style, then obviously I am going to be able to sell the bike for a profit, definitely, and that's the main reason why I bought it. But at the same time, yeah, that's what I was going to bring up. I am. I'm, I'm, I've always said I'm going to run it for this year, 
see if I like it. If I do, I like that riding style, then that's when I'll be looking for a Harley, definitely. Or something bigger. Maybe even a Honda Shadow 800 or something like that. But yeah. Mm. Um, we've gone on a massive tangent here. Um, so yeah, all in all, Triumph Tiger 1200, great bike. <laughs> right, so now moving on, we're going to we're gonna do what this podcast was, was invented to do. Talk about bike racing. Right. We're going to do, are we'll we doing that. the news? Yeah, we'll start that. With the news. With the news. Dum 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 dum. News. Right. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. This isn't funny, but here we go. Uh, Lee Hardy Racing are taking a year out of BSB due to lack of funding. They'll still be at the Northwest 200, Isle of Man TT, and the Macau Grand Prix. They've been in the championship since 2014, and they've had Peter Hickman, Jack Dixon, Ryan Vickers, Leon Haslam, and last season they had Brad Perry racing for them so they've had some big names racing for them they've been in the championship for quite a while uh they're not going to be there this year due to lack of funding so that's not uh, it's not great news no it's not it's it's pretty because uh, I, I used to like seeing i used to like their lorry <laughs> i know it sounds daft but i just used to like seeing their their lorry <laughs> well yeah i like i like i like going and looking at lorries as well but then as a with truck drivers mate that's what it is you go and I well, you're, you're, a, you're a truck driver, I ain't. <laughs> well, I like, whenever I go, I like to walk around the paddock and look at the trucks because I'm a truck nerd and I like to see, uh, I like to see what they're driving with, whether if they're in Scania's or, or Avecos or, yeah. or Mans or Daffs or, I drive a Daff at the moment, that's what I'm in. Back forward with the news, back yes. forward, back forward. That's back yeah, forward, back side to side. Yeah, so Lee Harley Racing is, yeah, leaving BSB, which is uh, a big shame. Well, they might be back. They said they're coming. They're they're out for a year. Hopefully, they'll get by again. Yeah. Right. More bad news. Let's be honest. News is never really very good. No. Right. The Argentinian round of the MotoGP has been cancelled and it won't be replaced. It's due to the country having big economic crisis. And recent change to leadership in the country. Now, that's all getting very, very political, but basically Argentina is struggling yeah. financially, I guess, and that is resulting in them not being able to host the MotoGP, which is not very good. No, it's not. Uh, they, didn't, they didn't host it there last year, did they? Well, they did host it there last year, but there was oh. problems, was there not? Because they went oh, round the track, and the one track, of the problems yeah. was... It, they don't. They don't use the track very often, and no. it was dirty, and it was greasy, and the safety there was. They, they didn't think it was safe enough. Because remember, last year they had uh, Portimao at the start of the year, yeah. and uh, one of the Spagaro brothers come off. Paul Spagaro come off. Yeah, and then they were saying. And then they were saying that the gravel wasn't right, so that wasn't safe enough. Then they went to Argentina, and Argentina wasn't used enough. And then they said that wasn't safe enough, and it was like bloody hell. There was a lot. Of, there was a lot of complaining about tracks last year. There was, uh, Andy being one. They complained about Andy, and then that was fine at the end of the day. Yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was fine. But that was all media. That was all media, like Simon Patterson just trying to make it sound like oh, because <laughs> I need need to write about something. I might as well say this. I don't know if that's true. I'm maybe just digging the knife into a journalist for being a journalist because that's what they're there to do. Uh, but yes, yeah, so Argentina's not going ahead and apparently they're not going to replace it. I'm surprised Spain hasn't come forward and says oh, we yeah. can have another one. Oh, let's go to Spain again. 
Because Donna, and, and Donna uh, likes Spain. Mm. <laughs> I, they should do another one in America. They should just go to Laguna, Laguna Seca, Seca or something. Laguna Seca and make us all happy, yeah. Donna, if you're listening. Yeah, go go to Laguna Seca. Like, yes. We love Cota. Cota's amazing. Don't replace Cota. Just go to Laguna Seca as well. Now you can Absolutely. Can't. Or Brazil. You can go to Brazil. They host an F1. They've obviously got a track that's big enough for F1 cars that can... I'm sure it can have MotoGP bikes. Or Mexico. Mexico hosts F1, so they can have MotoGP. Just do Le Mans on bikes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Monte news? Carlo, is that... Is that, is that the, yeah, I've put a little bit in the news. Right, so there was a test. Supplying test. We can segue this in, but... Uh, I, I, this isn't really newsworthy, but I just want to end on something fairly fairly positive. So, yeah. Takanakagami has said the new RC213V engine has made massive progression. And he says that all the Honda riders, the article says that all the Honda riders are saying the same thing. So they're all very excited about the fact that the Honda has made some steps forward. Yeah. Um, they also said, yeah, the engine also has more potential, more torque and top speed. Um, I think, what did they say, Nakagami was, uh, it wasn't far off being like keeping up with Pedro Costa, I think. Yeah, 0.883 seconds and the 10th fastest lap time on Pedro Costa. Yeah. Which is uh, pretty impressive, really. And it's it's good to see that Bloody Honda are actually doing something. Yeah, doing it says something here to quote Yeah, it says here that the engine has more potential, more torque, more torque speed. Everything about the new engine character is much more positive, and all Honda riders are saying the same. And uh, Johan's article was the fastest Honda there, so. Right. Okay. Yeah, so that, that's good news to see that actually Honda is coming, well, hopefully, heading in the right direction as well. I don't think they're going to go out and win the championship by no. any means, but at least they're heading in the right direction. They're making some uh, some sort of inroads. Yeah, definitely. Because we like Honda. And uh, uh, in terms of news, a little bit of confirmed rides. This is some good news for fans of BSB and bike, well, British fans really in general. Uh, Rory Skinner is back and BSB is on board the TAS yeah, BMW. TAS BMW, yeah, that's right. The bike Danny Buckman was on last season. Mm-hmm. So for all British fans there who were worried about where uh, Rory Skinner was going to go, you're going to see him back in BSB paddock. So he's going to be back on the bike. So that's good. I think it's definitely a good move for Rory Skinner. He um, he'll do a lot better in BSP. A lot better. Yeah, but I would have liked to have seen him stay where he was and have another year in Moto Two. No, I think he'll. He, he probably isn't what he wanted, really. But I think it's the best out of bad situation. It'd be nice to see him be competitive. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he wasn't exactly, you know breaking records in Moto 2 was he I know he was only new to it but who knows so, Could win the he comes back into BSB <laughs> that's what I was going to say like he comes back into BSB he's obviously proven he can like, yeah. he's good in BSB he's on a decent bike Taz BMW well that's so, as long as it gets around the track without breaking <laughs> you really have it in for BMW don't you I don't, you, do you know that. what no it's just 
Oh. Yes, you do. We can't talk about BMW and racing without you bringing up the fact that it'll break. It probably you don't like will, BMW. Though. BMW's unreliable. Like it must be all the it must be all them Chinese parts they use. Maybe yeah. that's why. Maybe that is why. The reason, right? I think BMW, especially the what the bike he's riding, the Thousand RR, is an absolutely brilliant bike. It really is. On paper, it's amazing. You know. It should be up there. It should be winning freaking championships. But the problem is, it's too unreliable. If it was more reliable, yeah, I think, it would uh, be winning championships. I think all the statistics showed last year that the DNFs that Leon Haslam had due to mechanical failures, if that hadn't happened, he, he could have been, or he yeah. would have been, very much in the title, title race. Absolutely. Because um, he was in the showdown towards the end, and was, you yeah. think about how many... How many mechanicals he had and how many points he lost, not due to his own fault, but due to mechanical failures. So for that side, yes, BMW did let him down. I just don't understand how they can make. But is that BMW bike. or is that his team? Is that the BMW bike or is that his team? That's a good question. But it's not just in BSB that BMWs have reliability issues. It's in World Superbikes as well. It's not. Just, I don't think it's the team. I think it's the bikes. Well, in World Super Bikes, he got no excuse this year, so <laughs> they can't. Like, if if there was, if they could hide behind anything previous years, they can't hide this year. No. They've got Scott Redden, who's still a phenomenal rider. He yeah. is, and they've got Top Rack, who is arguably, he's, he's my I'm going to say he has, but he's arguably the best rider in B or the World Superbike paddock. So. Yeah. If they can't make it go round, then it's definitely be the BMW. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Um and it will we will see that this year, won't we? But yeah, it's not that I have I hate BMW or anything, it's just the reliability is lacking. Don't hate BMW at all. I think it's a great bike. As long as it works. Mm. <laughs> you hear that BMW? Stop buying ship from China. <laughs> Yeah. So is that is that right, the news? Well, is that the news covered? Well, that's pretty much it. There's not well, there's not really a lot happening, is there? Like most no. of what we talk about is bike racing, and we're just we can talk about the test. Did you did you look at any of the results from I the didn't, test? Actually, oh, one thing I do want to talk about actually is what we talked about earlier. Is Chippy mentioned? I don't know if it's you or Chippy that mentioned that Mark Marquez didn't reveal any of his times like his lap times no he, no so what happened was uh do you remember last week we talked about it where the MotoGP riders went to they went to the world superbike test yes yeah and they read stock bikes mhm cuz Valentino Mark Rossi Marquez, was there wasn't he yeah Mark Marquez didn't release any of his lap times on that test but why not? He didn't want to. He didn't but, have to. Uh, they, they weren't. They were. They weren't there testing. Like they weren't there testing. They were there just for show. That's what. Well, yeah. They, they were well, there. But why not? They were there just times? to break. Because he's playing mind games. That's or why. Or do you think he's? Or do you think he's embarrassed? Do you think he's embarrassed by his times? I don't think he's embarrassed, but. Like, like I say, they were riding stock bikes from the showroom. Yeah, they, they like they weren't, 
they weren't like obviously world super bikes they say oh you can buy one of these bikes from the showroom but then they're going into a garage and they're being sipped up and they're being chewed yeah of course they are yeah whereas i think the moto gp guys were just riding stock bikes if exactly if if it doesn't mean anything like it's not like like people are people are People on Facebook are going, oh, Valentino Rossi was like 45th fastest or something. Oh, people people saying he still got it. Obviously, he doesn't. But it's like, well, he's on a stock bike. What do you expect? Yeah. But if it Mar- was Marquez like, probably wouldn't have been the fastest. If it was a test for MotoGP, I'd sort of understand the mind games. No, but if it was a test for MotoGP, he would have to reveal his time. He would have mm, to. Yeah, I suppose. So the reason he's not revealed his time is because he doesn't have to, because they're not there on an official test, so he doesn't have to reveal anything. Bore off. Just release your times, you weirdo. But why? <laughs> he doesn't have to. Yeah, but I just don't understand why you wouldn't. Mind games. Mind games for what? He was on a stock bike. There's no mind games to be had there. He's got... Who's he going to spook with that? I I just I don't, don't get it. I don't. It would have been pretty cool to have seen his lap times. I think. I would have liked to have seen that. Yeah. But instead, he's thrown his but toys they... out the pram and he's not fucking doing it. No, I would say he wants to... He wants people to know as little as possible so that they... So whenever he comes to the line on the first race of the season, hmm. whenever they line up, he wants to be the boogeyman. That's what he wants to be. He wants to turn up and be the boogeyman. He wants Banyaya looking over his shoulder, not to see where Jorge Martinez, not to see where Morbidelli is, because he's riding the factory 2024, but not a factory bike, but he's riding the 2024 Ducati. Hmm. You know, he doesn't want Banyaya looking over his shoulder to see where his teammate uh, Bastianini is. Mark Marquez wants Banyaya to look over his shoulder and ask himself, Where's Mark Marquez? Now that's yeah. what Mark Marquez wants. Uh, yeah, of course and he does. The the more the more mind games he can play with well with the whole paddock and Banyaya especially, I think, the more mind games he can play, the better. So if he can get one up on them, and if, even if that's just something as simple as going to a test and a stock bike and not revealing your times to not give anything away about how fast you are. I know or, I, I think Banyaya Or he he may just... have been it's or he may have been nursing a slight injury. Who knows? Maybe he had some little bit of surgery. I don't know. And maybe he just didn't want to give away that he was riding a bit slower because he doesn't want a lot of speculation. I don't know. But it's mind games because we're talking about it now. I know we are we're talking, talking about, about it. it and if just... we're talking about it, other people are talking about but it. But I think Bagnaya, if he's going to be like, oh, he hasn't revealed his lap times, so I think it's like, meh. So what? He's not going to be asked at all. It's not going to have affected him whatsoever. Just release no, the don't times. Think it will have. Um, yeah, I don't think it will have affected him. No, I mean, still. I, I actually would like to see um, Marquez do well this year. He's had a rough old time, and I would like him to see do, see him do well. I don't think he's going to win another championship, but I think he'll do well this year. Yeah. I think Jorge Martin's going to win. But there you go. <laughs> well, the difference is Mark Marquez is on. He's going to be on a 2023 bike, so he's going to be on a bike that's not significantly, but possibly slower than the 2024 bike anyway. So it's true. 
the four riders in the 2024 bike have an advantage. Like Morbidelli, Jorge Martin, Bastianini and Bagnaia, they all have an advantage because they're but on the 2024 bike. A, if he is as good of, as a rider as Chippy obviously makes out, then he should be able to make up for that. We, I remains think, to be seen. I think Mark Marquez's biggest obstacle, and this is going to sound oh, crazy, here we I go. think his biggest obstacle... The only person that can beat Mark Marquez is Mark Marquez himself. It sounds cliche, but I think Mark Marquez's <laughs> biggest problem will be going out in the first race, trying too hard and crashing, yeah. trying too hard to prove a po- trying too hard to prove a point, and coming off. I can see him probably coming off in the first race. Don't want him to, but I can see it happening. Definitely. But there was an official MotoGP supplying test. Yes. That was happened over a few days ago. Yeah. And I don't know if these are the final official results. I think they are, but the top 10 that we had down here. Now, you should never read too much into tests and to testing because. Yeah. Well, top of the timesheet was Pedro Costa and the Red Bull Gas Gas Tech 3 KTM 158.189. Yeah. Pretty good. That's why you shouldn't read too much into testing because then it yeah, puts a lot of hype on Pedro Costa. Because last yeah. week we were like, last week I got excited. Chappy was saying that. He, he put that and like, how I got excited about Billiga. Nicola Billiga. Oh, right, because yeah, he did yeah. well in his test. But he did well in consecutive tests, consecutive days on consecutive tests. So, yeah. I think Billiga's a real deal. I don't think he won the championship, but I think he'd do well. Whenever Pedro I hear Costa, his name, it just reminds me of a beluga whale. It's what gets in my head. When you say beluga. Yeah. It's beluga whale. Belega. Belega whale. Pedro Costa topped the timesheets and the test. Then you had uh, Paul Spagro at one stage was second. Johan Zarco was third. Fabio Quattro was fourth. Uh, Danny Pedrosa was fifth. Good old Johan Danny Pedrosa. Mir was sixth. Alex Renz was seventh. Luca Marini was eighth. Kyle Crutchlow was ninth, and Taka Nakagami was tenth. Now there was no Jakarta. Jaka- I don't think there was any Jakartas at that because there was none of them in the top ten. So I think this was like a. I think this was the Sabai the Sapang Shakedown test. So. No, I don't. I'm not sure if that test. I'm not sure if that test is just for the bikes that have concessions and they're allowed a few extra testing sessions because Maybe. there didn't seem to be any any Ducatis around in there. But uh, yeah, there was a bit in there about Acosta saying that he was following Danny Pedrosa and he said he found it really difficult because obviously Danny Pedrosa, like, even though he's never won a championship, well, he's never won a MotoGP Premier Championship, but Danny Pedrosa is like, oh yeah, he's well known. He, even though he never won the the Premier Class Championship, he was always considered one of the aliens because he yes. could keep up with him, and he was always close to one. And so, but again, that's Mark Marquez is one of them aliens as well. He's still <laughs> in there now. He's in a fast bike, so mm. remains to be seen. It remains to be seen. This time next year, we could be talking about this. Time, if Mark Marquez wins the championship this next year, we could be talking about him on a factory Jakarta. Could be. What, alongside Bagnaya? If he goes out and wins the championship, do you think Jakarta aren't going to put him on a factory bike? 
it depends at what. Uh, well, yeah, I suppose. But who did they? Who did they get rid of? That's the thing. Bastian, innit? Yeah, yeah. But uh, if Mark Marquez goes out and does what Jorge Martin did this year and comes narrowly second, do you think they'll give him a factory ride? More than likely. It's Marquez, isn't it's it? Marquez. <laughs> it's Marquez. You think, Jesus, if you can do that in the 2023 bike, what can, he what do can you do in the 2025 bike? What are you doing in the 2025 bike next year? Yeah. He's right. He's right. Oh, did you see KTM's new arrow? Yes. Um, interesting. I've got to be honest, I liked it. Oh, yeah, I liked it. Interesting, though. I love KTM. I, I, I think they're great in MotoGP. Not there afraid is a to lot. Try of... stuff new. There's a yeah, lot of not. different dodgy arrows. I think it was it one of the Ducatis on the back. It was kind of like looks like the back of a, like the fins on a rocket ship. Like it's the whole like rear end is just like flared out. And then there's the fa- some of yeah. the fairings on the side as well. They've got some like interesting new arrow on as well. I'm sending you this. Just look at your phone. Mm-hmm. Just click that link. It's got like a picture of most of the bikes. Like it's got Yamaha there. Yep. And what they've got in their arrow, and then it's got KTM below that, and how they're yeah. looking, and then it's got the Honda. Have KTM released their livery yet for this year? I think they've released the Tech Three. One gas, gas, right. take yeah, three. the gas, gas, gas one they have, which looks good, but not the fact it looks, one. it looks like it's not as red as it was last year. It looks a bit more orange. It looks more like the actual factory bike, doesn't it? Yeah, I like that. I like I the new it, gas, gas. One I think they've done good. that. I think they've done that for marketing reasons because the cost is on it. That's what I think. Maybe to try and to try and sell more like genuine KTM T-shirts, not just T-shirts, obviously. <sighs> the one that looks strangest to me. Is the Aprilia? Go on there and look at the Aprilia. Aprilia, sorry. Uh, Yamaha, bit of a KTM, Honda. Yes, yeah, it kind of looks like Batman's gauntlets. But it looks like it <laughs> falls away at the back a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, it's a very interesting one that. But then I think the weirdest one is, um, sorry, if you go. Sorry, there's two. Yeah, we're sorry. looking at this and crash crash dot net. So are, if you yeah. want to see what we're looking sorry, at, sorry, I was looking at Honda. Yeah, um, yeah, the Aprilia one. That's what I mean. It looks like the back end of like a the flights on a rocket ship. Mm. It's very but strange. Just the whole, even just even just the bike or like the swing arm at the bike and the way they've got the cover, it goes over like a bit yeah. of the cover, it goes over the bike whale and the way that there, there's not as much on the bike of it as there is. It looks yeah, it does look like the back end of some rocket ship. It looks. Looks very strange. They're but, really low to the ground as well. Yeah, but I, that swing remember, arm too. That swing I arm. I like. Just... I like the fact that when they're racing, they can actually flip a switch to to drop the bike lower to the ground. There's a lot of people. A lot of people are against that though because they think it's making it unsafe. I think it's that cool. lunch, that that lunch control is just making it a bit unsafe. Hmm. No. Well. Because whenever they're so low to the ground and they've got that uh, 
adaptive ride height and it's like launch control. Whenever they first take off, they're just they're going so fast. They're going from nothing and they're all just together going so fast. Yeah. They are, I suppose. Barreling and barreling it. Yeah. I think it, yeah, whatever. But there is a lot of talk last year about safety concerns around the launch control and all that and dropping down. Mm. Right. Are we going to get on to these questions? Yeah, we've got questions. What questions? One from Chippy. And one from me, actually. Right. Question from... Yeah, you go on. You read it out. All right. So a question from Chippy. Again, he's put in brackets because nobody's emailed in with a question. So luckily we've got Chippy on hand. What is your favourite track or round from any championship in the season? Uh, And he said the one that really gets you excited. I'm excluding road races from this question. Because we would all just say the TT. Yes. Now, Chippy has said, uh, I'll read his answer out. He likes the MotoGP at Phillip Island. Always close racing at the business end of the business. Business. Is that supposed to say business? Sorry. Yeah, the business end of the championship. You've never heard that before. No, I thought it was maybe supposed to say busiest. Anyway, uh, of the championship, picturesque and great wildlife. Only downside is (laughs) it's on at about 5am UK time. Trust Chappie to be like, oh, it's great wildlife. Fuck the wildlife. We're not there (laughs) to look at the fucking birds. Oh, yeah, let's let's have a look at that kangaroo, mate. (laughs) Look. Whenever the cameraman is focusing and panning on the fucking birds <laughs> or some stupid cat that's ran onto the track, you know it's boring television. Yes, oh, look, and there's a, look, mate, there's a kit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Obviously, that means there's no bike racing going on. Yeah. Fucking wildlife. Oh, he's God. a fucking dick. I bet he's loving the wildlife where he is right now. Um, my answer to this question was uh, the MotoGP at uh, Circuit of the Americas is my favourite. There's plenty of twists and turns in the track. The only break the riders get is the long straight, which means they all have to be on it. Um, yes, it does favour the Ducatis because of the straight, but makes for some great racing. I love Circuit. We all love Circuit of the Americas. But Yeah, I was going to put it down as my, but then I seen you put it down. <laughs> uh, I think it's a great track. It really is. It's definitely always my favourite of the year. But if they put Laguna Seca in, that would be my favourite. If you're listening, Donna. <laughs> yeah, if you're listening. So what's yours then, Sam? Uh, right. So I was going to put down Cota as well. Yes. But i seen you put that down, so I thought, well, there's no point in me saying that. So I tried to think of an alternative. Now, I've got one which I really, really like for the reason I like Donington Park and the British Superbikes, or yeah. the World Superbikes, British round of the World Superbikes, and that's because I I went to it last year and I'm going to it this year, so I'm really looking forward to that. I've already got me all everything organised to go to it, so I'm looking forward to that. Big hype. I love the track. 
I think it's amazing. I think Donington Park is such a good... I think it's one of the UK's best track, if not her best track. And I don't know why the MotoGP doesn't go there instead of going to bloody Silverstone. But anyway. Yeah. However, looking further afield, because that's obviously I'm going to say that because I like to go to it. Looking further afield, I think a really nice track that I would love to go to would be the Red Bull Ring in Austria. Yeah. Because you're in the Austrian mountains... Mm-hmm. And it's a like you want you want picturesque and wildlife. You don't want to go to some cruddy island off the coast of Australia, right? You you want to go to the mountains in Austria. Bigfoot lives there. That's where Bigfoot lives. Like he lives in Austria somewhere. He lives there. That like was, the Austrian mountains. That was going to be my other choice. It would have been the Red Bull Ring. Yeah, the Red Bull Ring in Austria because you know whenever you know whenever they're there and they talk about it and the camera pans over and you can see all the mountains and the the, the forests and the trees and you just think, oh my god, that looks yeah. like such a class place. To be. It looks, it looks amazing, fantastic place to be. Yeah, it looks amazing. Like, and I think that's just why I said earlier about if you're riding a, a Triumph Tiger twelve hundred or a a GS 1300R or your your GTR 1400. You're riding it for miles. That's why I said Austria. Like, imagine yeah. riding to the Austrian mountains. Imagine jumping in your bike and riding to the Austrian mountains. That would be cool. Well, my, uh, my old man did it last year. He uh, They did a big trip for about 10 days through to Austria and that, and he said it was just phenomenal. He said it was just so good. He, he was gutted he had to come back. They're even going again uh, this year. It was that good. He's going back there again. I would love to ride. But it seems it seems like a it seems like a perfect opportunity to go to Austria, ride to Austria, absolutely. Go to Spielberg, Red Bull Ring, watch the MotoGP, get hammered for a weekend, and then just jump on your bike (laughs) and ride back. I would uh, if I was going over on a bike to watch um, the GP. I'd make a full on holiday of it. I'd go to um, the Eagle's Nest. Which was Hitler's holiday home. I'm sorry, I'm a bit of a, a war nerd. Um, I'd I'd make a full on holiday of it, and that would just be amazing riding it. We should do it when you get your bike. That's what we're going to do. We're going to go to Austria. We're going to watch the GP. We're going to have a few flagons of ale, and then we're going to do some other stuff as well. Uh, I would also like to go to Assen. I'd like to go there. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. Party. Good. And. And Portimao, I'd love to go to Portimao. I've heard a lot of good things about riding to Portimao. Mm-hmm. Down in the Algarve of Portugal. Brilliant. Yeah. Right, we're going to do some rad. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. Have we, got, uh, have we got another question? Yeah, so this was my question. Um, if a MotoGP team contacted you randomly and said, we want you to ride our bike in the last race of the season, would you accept the ride or not and why? Now, Chippy, I'll what? read Chippy's answer out first, then you can answer it. So he put, yes, I would, but I'd make an idiot out of myself, especially as I can't even ride a bike. But it would be something that not many people would have ever done, and I'd probably get lapped several times. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a, bit, it's a bit of a... Well, that's a question, but it's a bit of a silly question, isn't Why? it? Why? Because of course you're going to... Well, of course you're going to say yes. It's like, I wouldn't. Why? I wouldn't because... I'd probably be a danger to everybody else on the track, and someone would end up getting really hurt. <laughs> I'd be going to, I'd be going like a fifty pence around the corner, like not leaning it, leaning my body and not the bike, and then I'd someone just ran up the back of me. <laughs> yeah, but that's 
this brings up the whole, uh, just the whole reason for the question. I've, I'm looking for a word there that I can't find. You know, this just brings up the whole question. Like, why would a team just randomly go, oh, do you want to ride our bike? Because we Don't know, they would just know. a question. Like, <laughs> even... Even British superbike riders and world superbike riders and American, American moto riders and Australian superbike riders and moto two riders and moto three riders and all riders around the world, whenever there's a seat comes up in moto GP, like somebody crashes and get injured and there's a seat comes up, a lot of people are sending messages to the team saying, "Oh, I'm available. I'd like to ride," it. and they have to like really take it seriously. They can't just let oh, anybody yeah. on the bike because they are no, so hurried to ride. I get that. If I, I don't think I could ride a MotoGP bike in a straight line without killing myself, honestly. I probably couldn't either, to be honest. I, I don't know. I, I, think, <laughs> I think I would take off. It would just, like, like imagine how fast it would be. Jesus. <laughs> oh, it would be amazing, though, wouldn't it? It would be amazing. Imagine how fast it would be coming to the corner. Like, it's not Forza Motorsport or MotoGP <laughs> on the computer where you can just press Y and you rewind back. <laughs> you go into that first corner and fucks. Flipping. Dead. It must, you must need all them years of experience to actually learn how to crash properly. Yeah, I mean... Like, you have to know, yeah. you have to know when you're losing the bike in that split second when you're losing the bike to know... Stop wrestling with the bike and now crash because I'm I'm gone. Mm. Unless you're Mark Marquez, you just wrestle it. But you need you need <laughs> to be you need to be no, and then you need to be able to crash. I don't know. I wouldn't know how to crash. I wouldn't know what to do. Best thing to do is not roll. Just try and lie on your back and slide. I think I would. I think I would have to turn them down. Like I would be like you. I'd be like I. <laughs> I don't want to die, I, dude. Come, I'd be like, can I? Can I just come along and like? Enjoy your hospitality and maybe have a drive round in the BMW car. I'll do that. I'll drive yeah. round in the car. Like I'll drive the safety car once round. It'd maybe. be cool if you could go to like uh, an airstrip though and just say, "Yeah, you could just go in a straight line. Just enjoy yourself. <laughs> just to feel the sheer power of it. It'd be great." A few years ago, I went to an anti-rollover course for a truck. Yeah. So the idea is you have a truck with a tanker in the back. And then the tanker's got like these big, like uh, it's almost like training wheels going up yeah. the back of it, but they're they're going up rather than down. They're going up. And the idea is that you just turn the truck as sharp as you can, hmm. purposely trying to tap the back end of your trailer, and then you look out your window and your trailer's tapped over and it's on these like wheels, <laughs> and you're like, holy shit, it's that easy to tap a trailer? Yeah, like it's when it's got fuel and stuff in it, or but. We were at a place called Brunthenthorpe. I think mm-hmm. that's how you pronounce it, Brunthenthorpe. And they've got a big runway. And there was, like, somebody working with or for the police or in the police, but they were driving, like, Mazda RX-8s or whatever. Yeah. And they were basically just doing laps of the runway, and they were belting it as much as they could. Like, they were, all day, they were just, like, obviously they were taking tea breaks and stuff. But all day they were just on the runway as fast as they could. <laughs> <laughs> they were just coming around the corner, coming around the you could see them coming and they were giving it the bins around the corner as fast as they could. You could hear the tires squealing. And as soon as they got it straight, they just gave it everything they had. And we spoke to one of the instructors and he said that what they're doing basically is seeing how fast they have to go before speed cameras can't detect them. Right, okay. So they had speed cameras on the 
on the runway and they were just like this old X runway that's not used anymore and they were just seeing how fast they had to go before the speed cameras can't detect them. Like imagine how fast they would have been going. <laughs> I just thought, why am I why do I get that job? Like <laughs> how do I get a job where I just get a drive like a Mazda RX eight like really fast? Become the police <laughs> Yeah. No thanks. Well, yeah, I think I'd have to turn that. I'd have to turn that invitation down. Yeah, I would just I want to go for their hospitality. Would you? Well, extending that question, would you? Would you want to ride in BSB? Would you try that? Um, I think I'd have a go on a BSB. I'd have a go on a BSB bike. I think. Because would you not... want to race though? Probably not. Let's let's just say, for example, Hawk Racing got in contact and they're like, "Oh, Lee Jackson's let us down. We need not that he will, but you know, and we need somebody." Right? Let's like this is this is a scenario, right? You and I, because this could happen. You, well, I'm not saying the whole thing could happen, but you and I are in hospitality, right? We're in, we're in Hawk Racing hospitality. Hawk Racing, yep. thank you very much for your previous hospitality. We're in hospitality, right? And Lee Jackson comes down with the absolute shits. <laughs> That's it. And he can't ride. He's just shit and he's got to say, because he's accidentally drank laxatives somehow. Don't know how. But, and then you get handed a helmet and you're like, oh, we need somebody to go out and ride. They're not going to pick me. You. I'm fat as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're not going they're not going to pick me. What riding experience do you have? Well, YBR, <laughs> how, how many beers you had today? <laughs> Six, yeah. but I can ride. Yeah. yeah, had a bottle of gin, but I can take my bike. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think if that happened, Steve would be riding. <laughs> oh God! But, no, I like I, riding riding a British superbike. I I wouldn't be opposed to having a go on one even yeah. going round a track if I was on my own on my own pace I still think I would be bricking myself mm, but yeah. could you imagine you've never raced before and you're in the you're in the you're at the start and finish with all the other bikes roaring around you <laughs> and you're watching the light and you know it's going to turn green and you're going to have to stick it into first gear let the clutch off and give it everything you can barrel into the first corner where about 30 <laughs> other bikes doing the same thing I think I'd be with taking the out a of, fair few bikes, to be fair. With the intention to get round the corner and then go as fast as you can. <laughs> like, realistically, when you think about it, it would, I would be shitting myself. <laughs> so would I. I'd be absolutely... Everyone would be, like, proper concentrating. You'd just be in your helmet going, Fuck! Shit! <laughs> like, I, think, I, think as, I think as fans, I think we take it for granted quite a lot of times. Yeah, just what, I, I what, re- what definitely... Because it's it's like one of them cliche sayings that whenever somebody does something so well, they make it look really easy. Anybody yeah. thinks they can do it, but that's because they're so good at it. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I can't imagine being on the beans like that throughout the whole throughout the whole race. Gotta have no fear in that kind of stuff. I reckon, though, honestly, I reckon that if you, I would have a go at the BMW F nine hundred Cup. Yeah, yeah. I would feel, I would feel, I feel, I would feel happy. Like I would be at the back. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like I, I would be willing to try that. That's, I'm not saying that's my level. I'm not saying I'm good enough to be that. But that's my level of confidence when it comes to riding. I would, like, if somebody says to me, if you like, like, let's say I had a few extra thousand pounds lying around for one reason or another, 
I don't, but I did. <laughs> but like, I could pay 10 grand to get into the F900 Cup. I've got a few extra grand for fuel and tires and blah, blah, blah. And I've got enough money to tide me over for a year that I can invest a bit of time so I don't have to work. Mm. It's like an expensive hobby. Just go and do the F900 Cup. I think I could try it. I'd, I think I'd but go... Like, uh... I think I'd go for the British Talent Cup two fifties. I'd just I'd do I, that. I think I've had that sort of money. Really, I'd just buy my own bike and go to track days instead. Yeah, <laughs> buy yourself a yeah. Triumph Tiger and just go touring instead. Yeah, go to Austria. Yeah. Right. right. I suppose That's pretty that... much our show. Don't yeah. really have else to talk about. Uh, bit of a bit of a rash start tonight. I think Ash. Yeah. Didn't really feel very well, did it? Nah, I'll be honest. I'm quite tired. To be fair, so am I. I, I it wasn't. Work again. I, I I wasn't as enthusiastic this week. I do apologise, ladies and gentlemen. If you're still listening and you enjoyed the show, we'll give you a quick rundown of our socials. You can get in contact with us at podcast at bigbadbs.co.uk. We do have a Discord. I will put it in the YouTube comments box down below. So if you want to join our Discord, get in contact with us there. Obviously, we're on YouTube, the Big Bad Bike Show. We're on Twitter at the Big Bad BS, but that we use that most whenever it comes to actually bike racing season. So that yeah. will start up again in a few weeks. It will, and I will uh, get. I will when the bike racing starts. I will get on with the Instagram stuff. Yeah, we've got a Facebook which is the Big Bad Bike Show. We have a Facebook group called the Big Bad BS. I am on Twitter at the Big Bad Biker, and I'm on Instagram at the Big Bad Biker as well. Chippy's at Moto Chippy, but you won't hear from him for a couple of months anyway. And Ash, you are North Biker on Instagram. So that's how you can get in contact or follow up. Right, so nothing else to say, nothing else to really keep yourselves awake for. So, uh, nothing else to do but say goodbye, Ash. See thee. See thee, and it's goodbye from me. So just keep on enjoying the ride. See you next week.